Hi everyone, I'm Henna. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Failing Point Podcast. There's this predatory writer, Dennis Waitley. He said a quote, failure is something we can only avoid by saying nothing, doing nothing and being nothing. It's a matter of taking action, of daring, even after a failure. That's what defines an entrepreneur. I'm not the kind of person who will allow myself to experience the true and final failure that comes from a lack of action. Like that's the that's the key. As entrepreneurs are hungry for success, so they have to have they have to dare to do the things that they dream. Failing Point is a podcast about entrepreneurship, about seeing challenges as opportunities and failures as steps to success. With a lineup of inspiring entrepreneurs sharing the hardships of their journeys and the lessons they've learned, we are ready to challenge the status quo of Finnish business culture. We all have a story to tell. Now it's time for Brave Talk. Hello again everyone. This is Henna from Failing Point. Our today's guest is Evan Lutra, a parallel entrepreneur that is constantly working on world-changing ideas. As an unrelenting innovator and pioneer, his priority is to inspire other people to succeed and he's committed to making the world a better place. So sit back, relax and listen as a wide variety of experiences and advice will come your way during the next hour. You probably figured that this podcast is not about the success. Of course it is, but it's also about the failures and how to overcome those failures. Because this business culture, if you fail, many people think that that's it. You are failure. And we want to change that in Finland. Interesting. So... Well, I always tell people it's um, it's not it's not the business it's not the person that fails it's the business that failed. He has to keep going, then they will get success eventually. Failure is a stepping stone to success. That's the way I look at it, at least for sure. And to be honest, I wouldn't have been where I am without having the failures I've had because I wouldn't have the experience, the knowledge to build what I built without going through that uh, school. I look at failure as a school, basically, you know, uh, I didn't go to an actual university or college ever. So that building businesses and failing at businesses has always been my school. So it's, it's very, very important to look at failure in that angle. Yeah, we agree. And uh, that's actually interesting. We were about to ask you because the common bad is that you first go to school and then you have the idea for the business and then you pursue for the business. And uh, your path didn't go that way. So have you ever even considered to go to any school? Um, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, honestly, I didn't. I didn't really ever see a point for that. I, w- I did go to high school, so I did uh, go to high school. But even then, I was not really going to school as much. I was always focused on building, creating value. At that early age, I didn't really think of doing business for doing business. I was more about doing what I liked. I mean, I don't know how much you know about my story already, um, yeah. but I started very early. I started when I was about 12 years old. Uh, I was one of the first hundred guys to build apps for the iPhone. Um, I had a blog that I was writing, and I had a quarter of a million people reading my blog. 
It's actually interesting because everything I've done today was built on uh, one of my father's businesses failing. Now, I say his business failing because he's always been my idol and mentor, and he's built multiple businesses after that have always worked out. But he started a call center, and he got scammed by the CEO put in place. So he had this 200 computers lying around. And I used to go to this, go to, uh, I had a vacation, I used to go to his office and play with these computers. So that's how I actually got into, uh, I, I really liked how I wanted to understand how they work. I started blogging about my journey. And then my blog became the most read blog on LinkedIn's blog platform, Pulse. Now, I don't know, people maybe like a 12-year-old playing with all these computers. I never really had any marketing or anything like that. It just became by itself. And uh, then Apple announced they were coming up with the iPhone. So I wanted to make an app for my blog. And at that point of time, it, it, nobody was, was going to give me $100,000 to pay somebody to make an app for me. So I learned how to do it myself. And I was one of the first 100 guys who made an app. I ended, I went on to make apps for my school. I made apps for the community I live in, basically everything. And anywhere I could see I could create value, I would make an app for that. Then I built some really successful apps. I built the Delhi Metro, the Subway's first app that was there was being used by millions of people. ICC Cricket World Cups app. I actually got sued by the ICC for 15 million because I did it without their permission. Um, and, uh, I didn't know that I was 16 at that time. And when I went out for 2017, I actually exited one of my companies. I got an offer from a bigger company to buy one of my apps for users. So I didn't really need to actually go to school because I was already building business and value from a very young age. And I never really liked school because they condition you to think in one way. And I also, it's school is great to build your basic skills, but if everybody's being taught the same thing, where does your strategic advantage come from? And to compete, you have to have a strategic advantage or you should not compete. Uh, that's the way I look at it. I mean, during this time, a lot of my apps did not work out too, but I learned from these apps. Right? Most of my apps did not work out, I would say, even majority. Even today, um, at least in the space I'm involved in startups, I have the luxury of having being very diversified. So I'm invested in helping build a lot of different companies at the same time, but majority of them do fail. And I see the entrepreneurs who I'm working with, for them, they don't have the same luxury as me because I'm doing everything with a partner. I see for them it's a big deal, but really what, what defines an entrepreneur is, uh, is the ability to keep going after failing it and one or coming up with obstacles. That's really defines the, how strong an entrepreneur really is. Yeah. So you mentioned that, uh, uh, many businesses of yours have failed. So what kind of reasons were there? It's every, every business is different, right? Every business is very, very different. Now, a lot of my apps failed because we didn't launch in the right way. We didn't look at the user experience. We didn't do the right market research. We didn't do, it's a very different, uh, very vast, very diverse reason why one business fails. I mean, for example, some even failed. Because, uh, one of the companies I launched while I was in Miami was a dating app. We were growing really, really fast. Um, we had over a hundred thousand users in the first two months. It worked like Tinder. You swipe right on somebody, but the only difference was you logged into Instagram. If you swipe right, you follow the person you swipe, you automatically follow him on Instagram. So all the hot girls would get all the guys because the guys are mostly swapping around everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. Followers. And all the guys were on the platform because all the hot girls were there. But eventually Instagram sued us because they said we were gaming the follower algorithm. That um, okay. So nobody could have actually envisioned that. And this was a company which was already worth about 35 million at the time we got sued. But Instagram, our app hinged on the 
ability of letting people follow on Instagram. So when mm. Instagram cut off our access, couldn't do anything anymore. So, you know, that's a, that's an interesting time when I realized that you can also fail due to other people's action. But you can't control what other people do. You can only control your reaction to it. Uh, if I had that point up, given up, I would not have probably built a successful dating app. I still haven't, but after that time, I've invested and helped build six different dating apps. All six have filled, actually. It's a very, very competitive market, but this is a market I definitely want to, that I'm going to try and break. I'm going to keep going at it. So, you know, it's, it's very different reasons. A lot of times, it's also the actions you take that lead to your failure. But the way I see it is you have to learn from that and then you have to keep going because I always believe that if you have inner faith in yourself and if you keep going, you will see success. You know, I, 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 I never discount the hard work of smart people. You can't doubt and discount the hard work of smart people because there will be a result to that. As you have so many things going on, do you think that the key to your success is that you do the decisions fairly quickly? You don't get stuck to any business. If you see it's going down, it goes down. You move forward mm. very fast. Yeah. So it's at least in the position I'm involved with, I have a lot of people who are asking me a lot of things every day. I do not have luxury to keep people waiting because if I make, make somebody wait, then that guy has to probably answer 10 more people or 100 more people. And then those people also have to wait. So you have to remember, you have to first understand where you are what position you're in and then what are the what are the implications it's basically owning responsibility you have to take responsibility for what for uh what you're doing and what you have done right so mm. if i don't answer people if i don't reply to somebody if i don't do something i'm supposed to do the implications of that could be a hundred other people not able to do what they have to do you know for example in my in my context i'm helping build all these apps with people i'm working with and then if, if my developer asks me should we do it this or that way And if I don't tell him, then the whole team is hinged or waiting for me. So it's it's very important to move fast. I mean, the world is is growing exponentially. It's not growing linearly, right? Mm. If you look, the progress made in the last 10 years is more than the progress made in the 100 years before that, right? Mm. So it, it when you, when the world is moving so fast, you have to move at that pace or you will be lost out or you mm. will be cut out of the pace. So you have to change with the past. And it's, I can tell you, I've seen technology grow so fast. It's even for me, being a tech guy, having a PhD in this industry, even for me, this is a, I see it's like really, really fast. And there's only so much one human can do. But when it comes to building businesses, you have the luxury of working with partners and just choosing the right partners makes a big difference. How do you choose it's, the right partners? It's it's hard to hard to choose. You have to find the first most important thing is if you work well with them, right? Because if you don't work well with them, you would not want to work with them. And what kind of relationship you have in business or anything in life, if you don't like it, you will never excel at it. You may excel a little bit, but you would never reach the full potential of what you could have if you do something you like. So working with a partner you like is is the number one thing. And then seeing if you have complementary skill sets. Um, it doesn't make sense if there's five graphic designers on a team, right? It has to be, yes. you wouldn't be able to build an app together if there were five graphic designers. You would need an engineer, you would need a programmer, a backend, a frontend. You need to have the complementary skill sets that complement each other. And finding them is basically going out to events and from your network 
If that doesn't help, then you go online. Now, now there are so many portals and tools available online from AngelList to LinkedIn that you can reach out to anybody, basically. And most people will reply to you. Worst case is to say, no, that's it. You go to the next guy, right? So it's uh, get, most people are afraid to ask. That's a very, very big difference I've learned as successful entrepreneurs is you should not be afraid to ask for anything. Did you say you were 12 when you started your blog? 12, yes. Yes. Um, were you the one who were reaching out some people or did uh, some business people reach out for you? No, I reached out to a lot of people. Like I reached out to a lot of people. Everything I learned is from the internet. Everything I've learned how to build an app is from the internet, from forums, from asking people for help. The internet is the best school you could ever have. Right? Yes. I, I'm not ashamed of asking because I know the worst case that other person could say is no. That's, you know, that's, that you move on to the second person, the third person. There's a lot of opportunity and people out there who would want to help you. What about, what kind of sacrifices uh, did you make when starting a business? And do you think that you have to sacrifice on certain things? A lot, a lot. I mean, I sacrificed a lot for my, my relationships. I sacrificed a lot in terms of family time. Like my business requires me to constantly be traveling at this point, right? I, I do I do 120 flights last year. I can stop if I wanted to because uh, I could retire now. But at this point, I do not want to stop because I know I can create more value. I can do a lot more. So I want to do that. But I know that comes with a significant amount of sacrifice. You know, I, it's very hard for me to build a relationship with anybody because of the amount of travel. And I don't go to the same places. I keep traveling to different places. Uh, I think it's a choice. It's I wouldn't call it a sacrifice. The difference is I enjoy doing what I do, right? If you enjoy doing what you do, you would never feel like you're working a day in your life. That's a very important thing. You have to be passionate about what you're doing. The sacrifices would mean less when you see the success that you get from the businesses you have built. Yes, there would be failing points in the way and there would be... Uh, People would tell you different, but to the key to unlocking the door to extra new entrepreneurship is to ignore the voices of these people who tell you that you cannot do something or shouldn't do something. There's a lot of people on the on the journey. Uh, you will meet with negative people. Like they will say, uh, start small or don't bite off more than you can chew. You know, they say too young or too old. And people basically say most visionaries fail. But, you know, I tell that to people that uh, for every Newton's third law of motion, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, so if somebody's telling you to stop in your path and if it's or stop making that sacrifices, you don't need to prove them they're wrong. You just have to prove to yourself that you're right. You know, mm. you have to, you yeah, have to right. courage to try new things or old things in creative ways. And some people may not able to understand. The beauty of the world is very diverse. Everybody is very, very different. A lot of people laugh at new ideas until they see the money made by the entrepreneurs who are not afraid to see a future full of innovation. But I tell people, listen to the voice inside you. And the only person you have to answer to is yourself. Yes. Do we block success in our lives somehow, like with our attitudes? It, it's, it's things you do, right? I mean, uh, a lot of people, so in America, I, I saw your podcast is focused on American culture. People in, in the, so I have friends from Sweden. Um, I don't have that many Finnish friends, but I have some good friends from Sweden who I think have a similar culture like you. Yes. Uh, they, they, they work on a business. There's very business. They're like my friends. We go to, I went with my Swedish friends to Cuba, to Dominican Republic, to America. 
And every time we go to a dinner, the split, right? Okay, this was, I ordered you order, so you pay that. But I understand that it's their culture. They split mm-hmm. there. If I'm going out with my American friends or Indian friends, we have a very different culture. I will pay one time, the guy will pay another time. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's more on a barter system. So I do believe the, the splitting uh, mentality that your your um, country and uh, countries around you have is that is definitely a limiting belief because the whole businesses in America have been built on favors. You do somebody yes. a favor, they do you a favor later. That's how it's mm-hmm. worked. It's not a. It's not like okay, I did this for you. You pay me fifty dollars now, and I'll do that for you later. You pay me five hundred later. But it's all favor based, and that also builds better relationships when you're doing favor based. So that, to me, I have come to realize is a very, very big deal. That's a very big difference uh, between doing business in in Scandinavian countries versus doing it in America. That is one one limiting belief. But I don't know your culture that well to tell you what kind of attitude things can be fixed. But what I can tell you is that what matters the most is your attitude. That's the key. You could have a very different culture around you, but if you are persistent, if you don't give up then you will mm. achieve success. Persistence is very, very key when it comes mm. to the things uh, building a business. You have to keep persisting. Most entrepreneurs give up. But do you know what the guy the story of the guy who started KFC? He knocked on three hundred dollars before somebody bought his chicken, right? So <laughs> if you yeah. give on the door number two hundred ninety nine, you would never have KFC today. There's very interesting stories like this. You know the story of FedEx. Everybody uses FedEx. The founder um, is, uh, of FedEx, Frederick Smith, inspires me a lot. The idea of FedEx came out of a writing assignment for an economics class at Yale University. Frederick Smith uh, waited until the last minute, and he only earned a grade of C. Not a failing grade, but not that what an economics major should be satisfied with. He used the business plan to create in the, in the assignment as a seed of inspiration to start FedEx, which he started with eight planes, and he planned to increase that number on a regular basis. But as fuel prices rose, so did the amount of debt. As he found himself millions of dollars in the hole and couldn't, was almost bankrupt. And he couldn't, last week, and he couldn't raise uh, the investment he needed to keep the company going. He was not going to give up his dream. So with only $5,000 he had left, he couldn't buy the fuel to put the last plane in the air. But it was enough for him to go to Vegas. To Vegas, and he gambled with that money. And 20, with $27,000 in blackjack winnings, he put the last plane in the air, and then he closed the investment. If he hadn't made that bold move, that was George. And if he had lost that bet in Vegas, we would have a different story today. But he didn't lose. Yes. And he went on in a short amount of time to pull 10 million plus in investments. And before we know, we know everybody knows what is FedEx right now. Exactly. That's an amazing story. Mm. I haven't heard that before. Yes. Uh, so this is actually what happened. <laughs> you can ask him if you see the guy. <laughs> yeah, we have to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> So challenges are part of the journey. Entrepreneurs here in Finland should understand that they are part of it and you can go forward and you have to go. Persistence is the key. Mm -hmm. And you also have to be patient to create a business of the future. You must be patient. Not only you're creating a business of the future, you're an integral part of creating the future itself. Right. And Mm. it's important to plan and be patient. Yeah. We obviously know that you have a lot of strengths. You are a very successful person, an entrepreneur. What about your weaknesses? Well, I also have a lot of different weaknesses. It, 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 I, don't, I usually don't like to talk about them, <laughs> but because there's a lot of people who could use them to their advantage. But um, yeah, yeah the, I, I'm also a little bit rash. Uh, I'm impulsive sometimes. 
I know that I have to be patient, but I also know instances where I'm not patient because I also have to answer to other people. Right now, my most of my time revolves in, I'm at a position where I'm basically delegating stuff, right? So I have to take something from somebody and tell somebody else to do something. It's very rarely I'm actually doing something myself. I'm not programming, I'm not coding anymore, I'm not designing anymore myself. I'm just making deals at the end of the day. So my weakness is trying to, try to make those deals happen, trying to think about the other person, stepping in the other person's shoe, see how how he thinks and be more end of the day i like to create value for people and to create value for people you sometimes have to sacrifice and give something up and i don't like to do that so it, it is definitely a weakness but you have to be aware and, and you shouldn't focus on your weaknesses as much as on your strength be aware of your strengths and use them wisely i mean Finding creative ways to fund your dreams is a, is a diff, is a very big thing that people should focus on. Entrepreneurs know money is not just, is one of the many, many assets. We were talking about sacrifices and as you said, there's always some things you have to sacrifice, but is there some things that you just cannot sacrifice on? No compromise on. Or, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely working with, um, Uh, more people who have the right morals and the ethics. It's very, very important to me. In my travels and everything, I've come across a lot of people who, um, who, do, who don't have the right morals and ethics and are involved in the wrong things, right? Um, that's mm. make a lot of money doing that, but it's very important that what is the legacy you want to leave behind. I don't want to leave. I always think about that when somebody comes to me with an opportunity that's very lucrative, but not in the best interest of humanity. So it's very important that uh, for me that you don't sacrifice on your ethics and morals for anything ever. How do you keep developing yourself and your skills? Always keep. I, I learn from other people. Uh, I learn from traveling and seeing different cultures, different people. Um, I've been in many, many countries, and I've, I've learned from how they work, how would they do things. You know, that's how I have the ability to do business on a global scale because I know what's. What sells higher in Russia? What sells lower in India? I know what, um, how a German person is in business. I know how an American person is doing in business. What kind of characters they have. So every, I learn everything through traveling and meeting new people and listening from their stories of how they came to do what they did. I used to read a lot of books when I was younger. At this point, I don't read that many books. I rather, I prefer to talk to people. One of the things I do is I never eat dinner alone. Uh, I'm always eating with other people. So during this time, you have the ability to build conversations and learn from them and hear their stories, how they've come to do and what they want to do. And if I'm able to help them in some way, maybe we could do something together, you know? Just because I'm curious, how many times do you travel during the year? I do. I did over 120 flights in, uh, I think about 128 in 2018. Oh my, that's amazing amount of flights. <laughs> But, you know, I, 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 I do this because I can do this right now. I have the health, I have the luxury, I have the ability. And I don't, I wouldn't have the same maybe five, ten years from now. So, yeah. you have, like I said, you need to understand what you can do at what age. Very, very important to understand that. Now, I don't have to do the flights if I didn't want to. I could stop and go live in a beach island somewhere. But it's, I do, I, I do want to keep doing what I do. I like it. I enjoy it and want to keep yeah. doing it. You love experiences, right? 
Exactly. For me, I'm all about experiences than possessions. Uh, I think it's not just me, it's how the new upcoming generation is in overall. I know that most of my friends that I hang out with are all experience-based. They value experiences over anything else. Now let's talk about social media. Yeah. Because you have, last time you checked, <laughs> you, you have about 800,000 followers on your social media accounts. Is that correct? I stopped across all the accounts, maybe, yeah, but I stopped using Facebook and Twitter and everything else, Snapchat. I just use Instagram now. It's a big task to because when you have so many people following, you have to be very careful of what you post. And because, you know, I can I can inspire somebody with the right thing, but I can also inspire them with the wrong thing. You know, so I'm very careful. It's, it's a responsibility that I have and uh, having a lot of followers. But it also helps all the businesses that I'm involved in. I have an audience willing to try. I could run polls right away. I could say, should I do this? Should I do that? And that helps me out in many different ways. So I, I believe it, uh, the, the future of the world is going to be decided more by influencers than by advertisers. You know, before people used to buy what they saw in an ad. Now people want to buy what their friend is telling them to buy, or buy what their who they believe in is telling them to buy. So um, I'm involved in a lot of different marketing marketing campaigns and launches of different companies. And I always tell uh, influencer marketing is, is the number one way to launch a company today. Yeah. company. How you deal with all the publicity you get? The publicity, good or bad, end of the day, uh, is I, I'm, I'm quite um, ignorant to it. The way I see it is that I'm, I'm giving value to people. I'm telling something. If somebody wants to go write something bad, that's okay. That's their decision. Like I said, you can't control what other people do. You can only control your reaction to it. Now, if I go and start getting pissed and start plotting a revenge against somebody, that's not going to give any value to anybody. And it's it's just going to waste my time and probably that guy's time further too. But uh, if there's good publicity, yes, that's great. I use it properly. To me, it's, it's irrelevant, the publicity in a way. Yeah. And the way you use Instagram, we both, of course, follow you. To us, it's uh, quite inspiring to see what all you do and how much you travel. And so well, at I least I'm inspired. Instagram is not real life, though. You have to be mm-hmm. to understand that it's not, not real life. I'm sitting in an office right now with 200 employees and I'm working on building different companies. I'm not posting that because to most people that is boring. Uh, even to me, uh, I do this every other day, so to me also it is quite boring. But it's okay. I like it. I enjoy it. So why not? You know, everybody has responsibilities, and everybody has to create value for the world in one way or other. So this is the choice I made. But Instagram is not real life, and a lot of people make that forget to understand that, and it's very very important to understand that. So, so do you feel like you use your Instagram account a lot to business or is it more of a lifestyle? Yeah, lifestyle. a lot of people of Instagram that have created a lot of value for me over life. So that's what I have seen. You know, um, I've met some girlfriends of Instagram. I have met some very good business partners of Instagram. One of my very, very closest friends right now and my one of my business partners 
in business that I'm very much exposed to and I have a lot of time investment in. Uh, I met through because of Instagram. Somebody met, followed me, made me, he said, hey, you should meet this guy. And I said, okay. And I went to meet him. And because somebody of Instagram told me I should have met him, right? And this guy now today is about 20% of my business and my time. Wow. So it's uh it, that's what it says so yes instagram has affected my life in a very very positive way at least in that respect that i have met a lot of people that have made a difference in my life in a very positive way you are also an investor so how do you know what are the good investments to make see i'm very very diversified when it comes to investing i'm not your investor who's managing other people's money I'm investing my own money. So I have the luxury of taking the big bets. I have very, very, very high risk appetite, right? I, if there's a 1% chance of something making a difference and creating a big impact, then I would invest in that. Doesn't matter if it's, I don't look for safe bets. And Instagram actually finds me those visionaries sometimes. Like I yeah. say it openly on my Instagram that, hey, send me your ideas. What are people working on? Because from them, The average person, you don't know what what he's thinking, what he's building. If I'm able to help him build that and have a part in that, that to me is very exciting. But I'm the type of investor. I invested when Snapchat came out. I invested in somebody's company over Snapchat, right? So they sent me a pitch on Snapchat. There's actually a girl from Norway, and she told me about this video profile she was doing. And I invested in her company uh, pretty early, uh, in five minutes over Snapchat. I sent her $25,000 over Snapcash. Uh, now Snapchat's yeah. that feature. But like like I said, I, I invest in people and ideas. I don't. Look, I'm not a guy who looks at numbers as much as looking at what is the credibility of the guy behind the company or what the girl behind the company. Is she capable of doing this? Now that investment failed. The company failed. Even though what she was doing is what the world ended up doing eventually because everybody is moving to video now. Facebook came out with video video profile pictures. But she she failed for different reasons, right? Uh, but she I see she's still going. She hasn't given up on her company yet. I consider that company a failure because from an investment perspective, I haven't seen my return. And I don't think I'll see it for a while. But that girl is still going. She's persistent. That's why yeah. I invested the first day that saw that persistence in her, you know? So that to me is, when it comes to investing, I'm looking for the people with the big ideas. Yeah. We are amazed by the fact that you actually, you answered to us, yourself, your assistant, or whomever didn't do that. So how do you have all the time to do this? For me, it's about priorities. To me, it's important to be able to connect with people. And, you know, the businesses I build, I delegate a lot. So I'm mostly involved in the early stage of setting up a business. I don't like to be in the growth stage or the scaling up stage. That's not interesting enough for me. That's You have to do the same thing again and again and basically scale up what you're already doing. So I don't enjoy that. So I have other people who do that for me. And to be involved in the early stages of a company means I have to be responsive to people. I have to be reading my own emails and making time for other people. Like, I don't know who listens to your podcast or what, what they, what they are, uh, what kind of audience you will have. But if today from this podcast, maybe one person gets the courage to go and do something and he reaches out to me and maybe that guy builds the next Facebook. Who knows, right? So yeah. that. That's to me, that is a priority in my life to be able to inspire people to do something great. And hopefully they 
share with me what they're doing and I, I could be a part of it or something. Yeah, we couldn't be happier that you are our guest. Mm, yeah, that's well, right. It, it goes both ways. What about mentorship? You said earlier that your father is your inspiration, right? Do you have mm -hmm. any other idols or people? Well, like who... I said, I know a lot of people. I know a lot mm -hmm. of people. a lot of people who have helped me in my journey over various times. And they, it's, it's not one person specifically. My father has been there from the beginning. And I've had some friends who have, I've had the luxury of most of my friends are 40 years old. So most of my friends are 40, 50 years old, all business entrepreneurs themselves. So you become the kind of people you hang out with eventually. And I chose to hang out with other entrepreneurs who were much more older than I am, had much more experience and wealth and advice for me to share. Through a club or just going to a dinner or going to Ibiza with them, I'm spending time with them. They're telling me how they got to their point. So a lot of people have made me who I am today. And yeah. I, I thank them every other day. There is the saying that you are the average of five person you spend the most time with. But in my in my case, I spend there's not five people. I spend time equal amounts of time with a thousand people. You know, so yeah. I'm, I'm meeting new people all the time and I'm learning from them and I'm seeing okay, what have they done? And I try to take the best qualities. It's it's inspiring to listen to other people's story and how they reached where they reached. We have heard you saying because we have. Uh, watched a lot of YouTube videos and read a lot of articles from you. So you have said that the world is your playground. What do you mean by that? I look at the world in a very different way than most people. Some people say a oh, two-hour tier of flight is a chore. To me, it's like I go to sleep in that time, right? So I look at going from India to Australia as a as, a, as going from your mom's house to you getting to your grandpa's house, which would be an hour away in a car. So for me, the time in the car is the same as the time in a plane. You move a lot faster. That's the difference. So I literally look at the world as a as a playground that you could go anywhere you want, when you want. And we all, the world has become a very small place now with globalization and especially with tools like Skype, etc. right? I mean, You can, if you, you can talk to somebody and if you want to meet them, you can go there tomorrow. Yeah. I have the luxury to do that also. I, I, I do believe that not everybody has that. But for me, at least, I, I have built my life in a way where I have the freedom that I can go where I went when I want. For me, freedom is the most important thing. It's not the money. That, uh, the money gets you the freedom in a way. But you have other ways also of getting that freedom. Freedom means the most to me. That's why I do what I do. So I have the freedom to do what I want when I want. Yeah. I would rather spend two hours in a plane than two hours in a traffic in a car, because at least in a plane, I'm sleeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it sounds like the freedom is the best thing being an entrepreneur for you. Exactly. Yes. It's the freedom to do what I want. That's, that's what drives me further and that keeps me going. It's the most key thing. A lot of people are tied down to their lives and they're limited by things that they have job, the jobs, the things they do, etc. As an entrepreneur, you, you, I have to ask to a lot of people, but the general idea is I don't have to answer to anybody. I am my own boss, right? So in that respect, it's very, very important for me to have this freedom. So how important do you think that we entrepreneurs share our stories, even though they are difficult ones to share? like those challenges and mistakes and failures. Because in America, for instance, those kind of stories are being told. But here in Finland, not that much. 
No, no, no. You definitely have to touch and entrepreneurs have to share, right? They have to share their stories. Failure and everything. You're talking about failure stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very important. Uh, see, people do not fail. It's very important to make that distinction. You don't don't term a person as a failure. That failed. To me, that person is actually. You have to make the distinction between a person failing and a business failing. There's a very big distinction between that. A person fails when he gives up. A business fails when uh, things don't work out. But the person behind that business can go on and do some other great things. To open the doors to an extraordinary entrepreneurship, you have to view the concept of failure in a new way. If you redefine the meaning of the word. I do not like the saying, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? If you're somebody who's satisfied with a small measure of success, that might be a good way to look at things. But if you want to be phenomenally successful, I challenge people to choose another thing to live by. Do not fear failure. Learn from it. Because failure is not an option is naive. Failure is not optional is much closer to truth. I mean, uh, there's this productivity writer, Dennis Waitley. He said a quote, failure is something we can only avoid by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. Right? It's a matter of taking action, of daring, even after a failure. That's what defines an entrepreneur. Like I'm not the kind of person who will allow myself to experience the true and final failure that comes from a lack of action. Like that's the that's the key. As entrepreneurs are hungry for success, so they have to have they have to dare to do the things that they dream. Others call center shut down. I had these computers to play with. Uh, fascinated me. But it was my father's business sale. It's not him that failed. He went to do other great things. So it's mm. very important to look at failure as a, as a learning tool. Yeah. We are talking a lot about learning from the yeah. setbacks. Is there something like huge that you have learned from your setbacks that you would like to share to our listeners? I mean, 2018 was definitely a terminal year for at least the crypto markets. I'm definitely involved, very heavily exposed to that market. So I've learned a lot. But uh, from different different things that have happened to me in different businesses, I've learned people have cheated me, backstabbed me. But like I said, the biggest lesson is that when things happen to you, it's you who decides how you react to it. It's not the it's not like the other person who decides. So to me, that's very very important. How do I react to something that happens to me? That's that's what I would say. It's, it's Many people enjoy the sight of a garden with so many things ready to be harvested, right? But not that many people are willing to put in the time, to, the steps that precede that harvest. Soil has to be tilled, stones removed, seeds must be planted. There needs to be nourishment to keep the plants growing, right? Mm. Seeds look so small, but there is so much potential locked inside. The right climate, preparation, nurturing, all essential to success. So if one seed didn't work out, you can plant another one. I keep building a new business every few months. Right? I start a new business every few months. I plant a new tree in a way, you could say. Now, how I nurture it, we'll know. But if there's a famine, the trees will all die. But that doesn't stop me. The famine is going to come to an end. So you have to keep going. That's mm-hmm. I said before. The, you have to repeat, repeat, and repeat. Learn from your mistakes and build on your successes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the saying goes, it 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Exactly. I mean, how can you expect anyone else to value your ideas and dreams more than you do yourself? You have to be unshakable in your belief in yourself. Something happens to you, you have to still keep persisting. 
It's magnetic. If some call that arrogance, that can be it. But you are on the way to a success and a financing situation that is more than just secure. Like I, I can leave a message for the new entrepreneurs who could be listening. Um, be hungry. Be resourceful. Right. Use all the creative ways you can find to develop, build, and grow. Shine the light on what you accomplish. And believe me, like I'll be one of the many investors who will follow that light to see what you have done with your dream. That was amazingly put. I think many appreciate what you just said. What about, how do you think that, what is the most typical mistake that entrepreneurs do in business? I think, uh, like I said, it's, it's, uh, there's, it's very, very different mistakes that a lot of different people make. But uh, a lot of people I'm seeing now is in the startup culture, they value growth over profitability. Um, depending on this, now this is very relative to the kind of business you're building, but most, you should always try to make something profitable. Like that's, that's, I've, I've seen a lot of people are not focused on that in this anymore. And this is, this is one of the negative parts about America. America is a debt ridden country, right? Everybody's in debt. They're, uh, literally every other, other person there is a debt. And people don't focus on creating profitability, but a business is defined by how profitable it is. There's only so, so long you can go by raising more money and taking more debt. If you don't find profitability, you would never succeed. Like if you look at Uber as a success, but Uber has never been profitable, right? Uh, so I don't call that a success right now. It's quite a great value for people. In that respect, it is a success. Yes, I, I for me, it would be hard living now without Uber because I use it to call all the taxes and I use it in so many countries. But people who are building businesses have to focus on building something that's profitable from day one. Only that gives you real freedom, right? If you yes. don't have a profitable business, then you would not, would not have real freedom. Yeah. We agree. Uh, okay, the time is almost up. So um, we are fascinated to hear what are your future plans and goals? I'm involved in a lot of companies. I always build companies that work with each other. But I'm very, very diversified. I've invested in 20 different industries. My birthday gift, my birthday is on the 21st of January. I turned 24. I'm launching a, a blockchain uh, fund to invest and incubate more companies. But my birthday is I'm launching a vodka company. I mean, I only drink one kind of liquor, that's vodka. And I decided if I'm spending so much money on it, I should be making money. So I gifted myself a vodka company. That hopefully would be a big focus of the year if it goes well, the licenses, but you don't know anything yet. But the focus is building the companies I've already, I've already been building and grow them further. I, I'm not, I'm not a serial entrepreneur. I don't build one company at one time. I'm a parallel entrepreneur. I'm building multiple companies at the same time. We're launching a, a, company called New World Order in Dominican Republic where we want to provide the same functionality as WeChat, that's in China. Yeah, so we're launching a company in Dominican Republic called New World Order. The idea behind that company is to provide something, one one app for everything, right? Right now we have Uber functionality inside. You can call a car. You can even call a helicopter. You can call bikes to pick you up, drop you. We also have WhatsApp. You can do video call, group call, um, messages. Eventually, want to add more features inside the product. Like if you have been to China, you would see WeChat is the one company there that everybody uses for everything. They use it to communicate. They use it to transact. They use it to send money to each other. They use it. They, they can install programs inside that app. 
So people basically spend all their lives inside this one app in China. And I want to build something similar, and I, I we call it New World Order. We're launching in uh, Dominican Republic already, uh, but I want to launch it with different partners in different countries. For me, I do everything with partners, right? Because uh, I have certain skill sets. I'm very good at technology, but I may not have the competitive advantage to launch something in a different country. Now, the reason I launched this in Dominican Republic first is because my partner there is a presidential candidate, right? So he has a lot of influence to get things done very fast. The same way in everything I do, like I launched, a, the reason I'm launching a vodka company is because I already have three companies that deal with nightlife and entertainment and hospitality, restaurants, etc. in 11 countries. I have these resources already with me. It's very, very important to look at what you have and do something around that. If you do something that you don't have the resources and the skill set, it will be very hard to get the success you're looking for. Sounds amazing. I mean, any of, any of your entrepreneurs listening, I'm always happy to also chat with them and see if it is interested in doing something in technology because that to me is very, very interesting. Yeah. Where can they follow you? We were talking about Instagram, but also your website and... What else? Uh, yeah, Instagram and my website is the two best ways to get an update about me. But this is the only two options I use. I, I don't really use any of the social media today. Obviously, it doesn't make sense to DM me on Instagram because I get a lot of them. But if somebody has something, they can always reach out to me on Evan at EvanLuther.com. It may take me a while, yeah. but I do make it a point to reply to everybody. Hey, do you have any businesses in Finland yet? Uh, not yet, but after Raman's TV show, a lot of people reached out to me with cool ideas. So I am talking to oh, yeah. a few people yet, yeah. but I haven't, I don't have any yet as of now. Yeah, but you are mostly welcome to come here and meet us at but some point. I was planning to be there <laughs> at any point. next week, but uh, I, I'm going to have to have to change my trip because I have to be earlier in Switzerland. But I do, I think I will be there uh, in the next three months or so for sure. I do want to attend. Thank you so much. We are so pleased and so delighted and we wish you all the best. Let's be in touch. Thank you for listening to the Failing Point podcast, which airs on Business FM every Monday at 8pm. You can also read more about our guests and listen to earlier podcasts at failingpoint.com. And remember, whatever you're trying to achieve out there, keep on grinding and never give up on your dreams.